Hi everyone, we just wanted to hop on really quickly and say that we recorded this before the current outbreak of violence and we know it's a lighthearted take. We are thinking of those suffering and we are hoping for a peaceful holiday for everyone. We love you guys. Welcome to another episode of How Do You Do? Thank you. I'm Samantha Benacormainat. And I'm Yael Haroudi. And we are so excited to be back for another episode where we are going to be talking about the upcoming holiday of Shavuot. But before we get into that, Yael, how's it going? It's going good. Um, I have some sad news, but then I have good news. Okay. So sad news, I mean, you, you know this already. I know, but I'm still really affected by it. <laughs> So um, we lost Big, my mom's dog that we brought specially from Israel, um, and it was a whole project. Uh, we lost him surprisingly, um, kind of sad, but big dogs have a tendency of uh, uh, stomach uh, flipping, is that how you say it? Yeah, I, I didn't know that that was a thing until yeah. you told me about big. So um, like as a, as a, I'm just going to try to help everyone out and um, teach everyone a short lesson there. First of all, it's better to feed a big dog after a walk and up never before one and make sure he doesn't like the, the big dog doesn't get too excited. Um, he or she after, after a big walk, after a, a big meal. Um, and also there is a surgery that is um, also preventive. Like you can do it even if it didn't happen, mm -hmm. but it is extremely expensive. So, um, from we did try to do the surgery and it did not work out. Um, so we, we lost him, but um, the surgery is kind of the, the price at least that we got was uh six six thousand dollars. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, so it is it is really expensive, but if you have the money and you do want to put it in like to preventing this from your dog if you have a puppy or I don't know I would actually talk to your vet and see how you can prevent this I'm so sorry about the loss of big he was such a good boy he and was. such a good doggy I, I should say he was he was 10 so it's not like he right, he, he wasn't a pup yeah so that's at least he lived a long he lived healthy a, life and such us. a beautiful life he I did. loved him and he <laughs> He and I had a bond. You did. <laughs> so um, what's the happy part? But the happy part is um, it's it's kind of been a few weeks since that happened. And I got a random email. Uh, uh, there was a puppy for adoption. And I called my mom. And my mom said, I don't know if I'm ready. And I said, well, you'll never actually be ready because it, it's not meant to like heal the hole in your heart. But it's meant to help and you'll have a companion and so she agreed and so my mom has a puppy <laughs> it's the best i i always say to anyone who will listen like the love of a doggy is just the purest love it really is nobody will ever love you as much as your dogs do and like i'm very okay with this <laughs> and i'm so happy for your mom um as as we discovered earlier i actually thought about adopting the exact same dog <laughs> so i'm glad that your mom and i didn't get into like a contentious bidding war although i would have backed off had i known like this is so meant to be the right pup <laughs> the right human the right time and i'm just like one step away from being a hoarder anyway so it's okay yes um no i don't know about the one step away of being a hoarder you only have two dogs but I have aspirations. But I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that she got him. He's like the perfect dog for her. I'm so he's, happy. He's small enough to like be the cuddle bunny that she needs. And he's also like so chill. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to meet him. Um, okay. 
tell me about you. What's what's up? What's new? So, um, Noam and I have our five year wedding anniversary Ooh, coming up. Mazalto. Toda toda. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, it's crazy. So we've been married almost five years, and the traditional gift for the five year wedding anniversary is wood. And the traditional American thing to do is wood. I think British people do it also. Oh, really? Yeah. In Israel, we don't. So that's like, I mean, I know it's like an American thing. I've just never heard of it except from here. Uh, so like, I didn't, like my parents never did it growing up. Like it wasn't such a thing. But when we first got married, we were like, this just sounds fun. Like the first year anniversary is paper. So there are ways to be creative. So like I had gotten him, I think I paid for like the, um, like the hotel reservations for a trip that we were taking. And like, I surprised him with like, the paper reservation oh, cut out and i like um, how people like get creative that was the paper thing. sounds like cheap yeah and the second year is cotton so like we i mean i don't know that we'll always do it we're just like as long as it's fun and interesting so for five years it's wood and noam his covid hobby has been woodworking so I was like, oh my gosh, you know, now this is intense because this is something that he actually apparently cares about. So I signed him up for a class on how to make an Adirondack chair. And then he said to me, so does that mean the chair could be my gift to you? And I was like, no, that does not count as your <laughs> gift to me. But apparently... You do not get the easy way out. No. Not even after five years. Hells no. <laughs> so apparently, I did not know, that part of the like... Uh, deal with this class is you have to supply your own wood and Noam bless him procrastinated so he <laughs> comes to me on Sunday night and said can you take care of finding the wood and I was just like, oh, of course like I got this so I call the instructor on Monday morning and he tells me where to call to get the wood and I call this lumber yard and they said to me ma'am don't you know there's a nationwide shortage of cedar yeah, of course and I always research wood I was like <laughs> on the list of things that I was not aware of I yeah. did not know there's a nationwide how shortage did you not of know that I don't know I just you know obviously COVID has ruined so many things Public knowledge and like I just wasn't aware that this was one of them. So I'm sorry <laughs> to all of the like lumberjacks out there who I just like didn't know about your struggles. So I start this like wild goose chase Does of calling. Does it have to be Cedarwood? So I am a rule follower. Okay. The class list called for Cedar. Okay, I got it. Now, I have been this person since like kindergarten where it's like if they asked for you know a marble notebook so help me god I will show up to school with a marble notebook not a striped notebook of like, course I'm very specific yeah, about these things as you should be so they said cedar so I call all of the lumber yards in the area there are a shocking amount um and I called the instructor back to say like nobody has this so he said it's kind of like you did he was like well you know, I guess it doesn't have to be cedar. Maybe if you need to, you could do pine. I was like, I'm not doing the amateur material. <laughs> if you said cedar, I am in charge now and I will find cedar. So my hunt led me to Amish country and I managed to track down a lumber yard. I mean, giving, giving where we live. It makes yes. Sense. In Holmes County, Ohio, run by the Amish. Where is that? Um, it's about 90 miles away. It's like far. And I managed to find this lumber yard and I called them. And thankfully, I guess like the Amish, you know, they don't 
necessarily have all the technology. <laughs> um, they didn't know either that there's a nationwide cedar shortage because the guy was so nice. He answered the phone. He grows his I, own. I asked him <laughs> if he had like the items on my list and he was like, of course. So then I'm trying to figure out like, okay, obviously I'm the best wife in town, but. <laughs> and you have a wood guy now. <laughs> and I have a wood guy. But how but, are you going to get it? So that was my thing. I was like, this guy is an hour and a half drive from me in each direction. And it's one thing to like call all over town, but a three hour round trip drive, like during the work week to procure lumber. I was like, that feels slightly crazy. Luckily, my wood guy um, <laughs> says, my wood guy, my wood guy, he said, oh, we offer free delivery within a 150 mile radius. So I was like, oh my gosh, Under this buggy? is too good to be true. I. He, there was no Did buggy. you ask? I did not, but I was <laughs> counting. I was like at my house. So long story short, they dropped off the wood today and I was so disappointed because not only like was it not in a buggy, but the people who he sends to do his deliveries are I'm not, not Amish. Amish. Of course. I thought that like this was going to be a moment and... But you still have a wood guy. So I have a wood guy. I got the wood successfully. The non-Amish people brought it to my house. And Noam is taking Adirondack chair making. So we will have a, uh, you know, happy anniversary. Wait, do you know what, you, what your gift is? Um, I think I'm not getting a gift. What? Because, no. So it was just my birthday. And he didn't realize that it was the wood anniversary coming up. And for my birthday, he got me a wooden spinning wheel. Because we're that oh. couple. So... And then I mentioned that First it's all really cool. Very cool. But like I mentioned, it's the wood anniversary and you just saw the color drain from his face of like, probably should have saved that gift for next <laughs> month. So I'm sure I'll get something. Maybe I, you can do it. Maybe you can do like a different, like, maybe you can like switch them, get a different birthday right, like gift in red, yeah. and just like say that was the actual. And like one. that would be fine. Yeah. Because he did get me a wood gift this year. Yeah. Um, so TBD, I will keep you posted. And he might just good give me for the chair. Also good for him for giving you a gift. Yes. Because like if you ask us around here, um, we're not big on birthdays, meaning Dan is not big on birthdays. I'm really big on birthdays and I'm like trying to play it down because like, so because his birthday comes first and i'm like i don't want to overdo it because then i will be expecting absolutely well luckily, i'm big on birthdays i mean luckily we're you know going to talk today about basically celebrating the birthday of the torah yes so um Super that's a really big birthday but we do have a big announcement before we do so listeners get excited we've decided to introduce a new series into how do you chew where about once a month, we are going to watch and provide commentary on Israeli TV shows that Americans are obsessed with. Um, so for our first episode, which will come to you next week, we are going to be watching the first episode of the first season of Surgim. Um, Surgim is an Israeli TV show. Um, it was When it first came out, I heard people referring to it as the Israeli Friends I don't know if you heard that comparison. I've never, but I've also um, never watched the whole game. Exactly. That's why this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> I'm probably the, like one of the only people in Israel. That's fair. So that's why you came to America to watch, to watch the whole game. <laughs> Coming to your feed next week, we are watching season one, episode one of School Game. If before you listen to the episode, you want to catch up on it yourself, it is available for free on Amazon Prime. Um, really? Yes. 
Oh, I'm like finding out a bunch of stuff here. Well, I wasn't gonna make people pay for it. So it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, that's good um, to know. I'm assuming people have Amazon Prime. If you don't, we can then explore other ways. For if you, to you watch don't, it. there's no way you live in America. That's fair. Um, <laughs> and we are so excited. This is a show that, as you just heard, yeah, Elle has never seen. Please watch along with us. Um, and if you like it, then maybe we'll continue with Game. Maybe we'll try other shows. Um, I know Stissel is a huge deal now. And of course, Fauda and like any and all of the above. Um, so get psyched for that. But for now, uh, let's talk about Shavuot. Let's talk about my favorite holiday. So I've been waiting for a while <laughs> to talk to you about this. Um, we are going to keep up with our trend that we started of 30 second brain dumps of our topic of the week. So I'm going to put my 30 seconds on the clock. Okay, so you're going first? Oh, sure. I can go first. Well, you said you're putting the 30 seconds on the clock. Sure, but it's your favorite holiday. I don't know. You probably know way more than me, but you know what? I mean, okay, I always say this. And it's just that you have like all the Talmud knowledge. And then sometimes it makes me feel like I just don't know enough. Stop. (laughs) You know plenty. You have lived experiences. And the whole point of this whole project of ours is that everyone Jews in their own ways and you are so right so I'll go first if you want though I don't care well no I want to go first because because (laughs) I don't want to sound like I copied off a smart girl (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) um you're a doctor that is true but I also (laughs) didn't know there was a nationwide cedar shortage so who did know apparently everyone else it was only the the wood people that knew (laughs) except Uh, from the Amish guy are you ready um I think I am okay so we have 30 seconds on the clock on your mark oh my god get set go dairy everything it's the holiday that we got the Torah called Chag Matan Torah um, also in the kibbutzim, kids, um, trucks, and we do uh, bikurim. I don't know what it's called um, <laughs> in English. Fruit, dairy, um, kids with white flowers. Everyone wears white. Um, we do a lot of uh, uh, fun, like fi- uh, fighting with like water in the streets, like b- water balloons. Yes, Israel is very fun. Okay, stop. Oh no, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that there was a water balloon specific yes. element. So listen, like at least where at least where I grew up, okay, it's a whole thing. You go to kindergarten with your with your like little basket that your parents made you with like fruit and a bunch of like dairy products, and you bring it you bring it with you to like kindergarten. You usually have like a flower kind of thing in your head. That sounds um, lovely. And everyone wears white. And then there's usually like you work on like dances and stuff with your kindergarten teacher. Usually go to the park. So like a special park, all the kindergarten like students come there and and there and there's a whole thing like you you dance around whatever and at the end of it you get a popsicle and it's usually blue and then you just drip all all over your clothes. Holidays in Israel are related to popsicles in some way. Well, it's usually extremely hot in uh, May. That makes sense. Um, and it's it's it falls. it falls either beginning of May or end of May. Sometimes it falls in June because um, I've celebrated my birthday, June 2nd, on Shavuot sometimes. It's rare, but, like, it happens. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's – it's it's huge in Israel. And then as you grow up, it changes into, like, water balloon fights with your I friends. I'm in for the water balloon fight. Yeah, one, one year. 
one of my friends uh, switched the water balloons into eggs. That was not a funnier Your for me. Your friend is a bully. Well, I mean, we all did it, but like, I I came home smelling like dried eggs on me, and dried raw eggs is horrible. Duly noted. All right, Sticks. I'm gonna do my thirty seconds. I'm so sorry. Yes, go. No, please. So Shavuot, like you said, is the holiday where we get the Torah. It's at the end of the Omer. So we've been doing the wandering and it's like the Ten Commandments. And you stay up all night studying and learning. Um, and there's dairy. And one time I taught a like session of an all night Shavuot learning session at four in the morning because oh someone told me that it meant that I was like the most engaging. And I was like, you're a liar. <laughs> and um, we read the story of Naomi and I and Ruth. And I agree with your thing about parades on Kibbutzim, which is adorable and ice cream and yay oh the parades are usually for the newborns I think I'm not mistaken they celebrate the newborn but like I've never lived on a kibbutz I've never I mean I haven't lived on one but I've understood that it's like all the new stuff so it might be newborn babies or newborn cows or a new tractor like everything new is like on this parade and like dedicated um, at the kibbutz and I was just like that's adorable so as an I have a quick question as an american that moved to israel like the first year that you saw how shavuot was celebrated like it is Mm -hmm. were you shocked i don't know if i was shocked i think i was really excited that shavuot wasn't just something that like the orthodox jews did because Mm -hmm. the way that i grew up in america um shavuot is a holiday so I grew up in a conservative Jewish household. So like we went to services, like we went to synagogue on Shavuot and we read the story of Ruth um, from from Tanakh. And usually on Shavuot is um, when like different ceremonies are had in like a synagogue. So it might be the confirmation weekend where like high school students who've finished B'nai Mitzvah, but have continued with their Jewish education, like they might be leading the Shavuot um, or Shabbat of Shavuot service. Or it might be when an adult B'nai Mitzvah services had. Like I knew that it was always something different or special, but I had never been in an environment that allowed the all night learning or the celebrating. And it just felt like, oh, it's another Chag. And then when I moved to Israel and it wasn't just like, of course, Orthodox people in the yeshiva studying all night. It was like in Tel Aviv, like art installations all night. Like it was just this all around experience. And of course, cheesecake um, and other dairy products. So I I think coming and living in Israel was the first time that I saw like, oh, we could take this holiday that like in theory I knew existed and make it something just really fun and exciting. I did not know about the water balloon fights though. So now I'm feeling like I missed something very critical. Yeah, but also we live in Ohio, so I can't do that. I can't do that experience for you right now. It's too cold. It is cold. <laughs> this is true. Um, but I do. Cause you know, you know, I would, I would totally buy. I would throw a water balloon at you oh, anytime. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it dep- I'm guessing it depends like your age. You know, I, I think like as I grew up, um, my Shavuot experience, experience like changed. So what makes it your favorite holiday? Everything I just said. Are you kidding? <laughs> well, for me, for me, it's mostly now about the food. But I also have a lot of a lot of childhood memories from this holiday. So I think um, I think it's I think it's 
maybe maybe it's both mm-hmm. for now because I never had those kibbutz like experience of you know parading the everything new mm-hmm. um but which actually like parading everything new is kind of new to me I, I kind of knew it I knew mostly about babies and kids mm-hmm. but I didn't know about um I just remember the tractors <laughs> okay well I, I mean again I didn't I never lived in a kibbutz and I so I didn't know that but um for the, the, it's also called a pastry chef holiday. <gasps> it's it a has, holiday for you. It has like a nickname. I've never known that. Mm-hmm. That's so exciting. Chag konditurim. It's the pastry Mazal chef. Tov. The pastry chef holiday. It's just it's just a nickname because everything like all pastries, all literally the whole dinner is. So should we be like because you're a pastry chef? Should I be like getting you a gift or <laughs> should no. I just be like? Hot, making you do more work exactly. to feed me. No, exactly. That's how it works. <laughs> so it's the pastry chef holiday, I think, for anyone that knows a pastry chef and gets to celebrate with them. <laughs> yes. So this is really my holiday, more so than yours. Yeah, you should have invited me. <laughs> I, I'm not doing anything this year. Ah, uh, well, too bad, because I've already been invited. What? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. If you have a pastry chef friend during Shavuot... They're a hot commodity. Yes. <laughs> I think my thing with Shavuot. My mom is was insulted, by the way. That she wasn't invited. No, no, she was invited too. Oh, okay, thank that God. it's not her house. She was like, "But it's our holiday because it really is. It's it's me and my mom's holiday. Like we usually host a ton of people, and I mean COVID. COVID. But we usually host a ton of people, and we usually have like this big dinner that both of us make because it's it's our holiday. So the best Shavuot I've ever had actually was in America. Really? Um, it was. Um, it was at a synagogue in Maryland where I was friends with one of the rabbis and they had asked if I'd be interested in teaching at their all night Shavuot learning session. That's cool. And I didn't understand what all night meant because like some of the conservative synagogues that I've been involved with um, over time have had, yeah, we're doing like all night Shavuot learning. So we'll learn from like, you know, eight to 10 Oh, no. All night is all night. Yeah, but synagogues here do that, too. Uh, yeah, but the one that I grew up, I, maybe it did. And I, I mean, synagogues know. in Israel do that, too. No, but like, of course. Here in so Cleveland, this also. one, they asked me if I wanted to teach um, one of the, like, sessions. And I said, of course. Like, that's great. So I thought, again, like, I'll... So you're t- on from 3 to 4? Well, I was like, I'll be the 10 p.m. <laughs> slot. Like, that's, you know, the latest I stay up. And they're like, 3 to 4 a.m. They, um, and I was told that that was a compliment. Because they were like, you know, they only give like the 3 to 4 a.m. slot to people who can like bring interesting content no matter what. Because like you don't need, you know, sleep or anything. And I was like, oh, that's a lie. (laughs) No, also they probably do like the the best ones. Like because they they probably try to put like the as I mean, the way I would plan it, the better people that are giving whatever lectures Mm -hmm. In the later slots. Right, so people stay. So people stay. Yeah. So that's, those are probably the hours that are hardest to like get people. So that's what I was told. But a part of me was like, or is it just like, she'll she'll be here at three in the morning. Like who else would? No, I actually think that was a big compliment. Thank you. That's how I would take I it. I appreciate it. So I did take it as a compliment. I'm being a little like sarcastic, but I was so honored. And, but what I didn't know, how many dairy foods you can eat between 8 p.m. and 5 a.m. <laughs> because basically what they did is at 8 o'clock, we all gathered and like there was a teaching for everyone at the same time. Then 
every hour there was like different like three or four different like breakout rooms that you could yeah. go and pick your topic but in between every hour there was a new food so it started with um oh, oh my gosh it was like a pizza dinner okay then an hour later there's an ice cream sundae bar then an hour later there was like a mac and cheese bar then an hour later there was a cheesecake then an hour later, there was like a hot chocolate, um, like make your own Oh my thing. God, that's a lot of and food. It was so much food. It was amazing. <laughs> um, but also like all... But also there was so much food. <laughs> there was so much food. Almost all Jews have some level of lactose intolerance. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. just, yeah, I think there's just been a lot of like inbreeding in the shtetl <laughs> that led to... Are you looking at me? No. <laughs> that led to like stomach issues for all Jews. So just every hour. Don't look at me. I'm 100% Ashkenazi <laughs> Jew. At least that's what 23 and me says. Me too. 100, like, 100%. 100%. You are too? No, I haven't actually done no, it. No, no. I, ha- I have oh. done it and I'm actually 100%. When I got it, Michelle looked at me and she was like, 100%. No one gets 100%. You're so Jewy. I know. That's really impressive. It is, right? I, I should do it. I haven't done it yet. Um, Sorry, back to our topic. No, no. But so yes, you should do it. I should. Like, yeah. I thought it was really cool. I found out like a lot of cool stuff. And they actually do locate your relatives because I actually know my fourth cousins and they were on it. That's so funny. Yeah. I, I don't know if any of my cousins have done it. I feel like my family, like... On, on certain branches, we don't really know them. Like, we've lost touch, so, like, it'd be interesting. But especially my mom's side of the family, like, I'm very close to my third cousins. Like, yeah. they're probably the relatives I'm closest to as it is. So, by like, the way, really we're not sponsored by 23andMe. Just saying. No, we could do other ones. Yeah, like it's a free ad. Ancestry or whatever. <laughs> like, what if? Um, but if any of you would like to sponsor us, we are <laughs> howdyoujupod.com. Um, Please email Samantha. <laughs> well... We've only gotten one no. sponsorship request so we far. We are not talking about that. We can't speak of it. <laughs> anyway. Um, if you are serious and actually... Um, um, well, I mean, I'm not saying that they weren't serious, but... If you it's make It's a product sense. we could not sponsor. <laughs> we, can, we can only endorse products that fit with our brand. Yes, please. So... 23andMe, the cottage cheese people, like, feel free. We we are here for it. We, we can endorse a, a lot of different brands. We could. It's just that that specific one had, um, we could not. Um, okay, so knowing that this is the dairy holiday, the pastry chef holiday. Yes. What should we be eating, pastry chef? What? Everything. Okay, but like, um, what are your pro tips? Okay. Like, I could say everything. You have to have a cheesecake. Okay. You have to have at least one quiche. Ooh. I make a mean onion quiche. Ooh. Um, lasagna, usually people like. I do like lasagna. I make good lasagna. It's kind of hard when you do dairy. Um, it's kind of hard to not go all carbs. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, it is cheeses, so it's kind of hard to, like, not do a lot of carbs. And then by, like, the fourth, fifth, like, bite, you're yeah. completely full. Yeah. So... I would give kind of a pro tip. Try to 
do a lot of salads, like different kinds of salads that normally you would not do in a Shabbat dinner okay. uh, if you keep kosher, like salat, uh, salat. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, like salads with that, with a bunch of with like different cheeses, mm-hmm. um, like pears and and goat cheese and you know cranberries and whatever, and then um, a caprese salad. Yes. Um, just a, a lot of different salads because you fill up less um, when you eat salads it does provide a lot of still that makes sense quiches are a good um less carby food i mean obviously you still need pastas and stuff well, of course that's but, what this holiday is about but like risotto Ooh. it's a good i think it's a good um risotto's intimidating oh i love risotto um but dan doesn't eat mushrooms and i've been craving a good like mushroom risotto go hang out with noam Noam okay. and the Mushrooms. Really? Yeah. That could be like his band name. Noam okay. and the Mushrooms. Now that we're vac- vaccinated, can we go out to a restaurant? Yes. I really want to. Let's find like the best risotto in town and go there. <laughs> All right. See you there. Um, not on Shavuot because you already have plans. Okay. Do you have any tips for um for like what we should be eating what do you what, what's your table usually look oh like? Oh my gosh. So I am I am all about the lasagna. Oh um, yeah. Because I can do a good lasagna. I always think, especially with something like Shavuot, I feel like I have to make you work for it a little bit. <laughs> so Shavuot is, in a non-COVID world, a holiday where I like want it to be an experience. So whether it's the like... I love your holidays. <laughs> I love them. So whether it's like, again, I like to set up a bar. So it might be like the mac and cheese bar, which really inspired me, um, or the ice cream sundae bar. I think that you know part of it has to be the experience but one of the best shavuot things that i have eaten um and it's probably in retrospect disgusting that i ate it one of the things cannot be no 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 it is um <laughs> it's okay i'm okay with it what is it one of the things that american like jewish education teachers really liked to do in the 90s i don't know if like people really do it anymore would be to make the map of israel out of ice cream and candy out of ice cream and candy. How um, would you do that? So doesn't it melt while you're so making it? We didn't really do the ice cream part, although I've heard others did that. But they would basically take like a big sheet cake, cut in the shape of Israel, oh. and you would use all the toppings to like make the topography. So like the mountains would be Hershey Kisses. Um, That's cute. And I just I remember the like interactive learning through food i just think really speaks to my soul on some that's adorable why did you say disgusting well i I think like 30 different first graders touching the food and then eating it in retrospect is probably gross oh that is disgusting (laughs) knowing me even as a first grader i would never dig into that i was always so weird about my food so no i'm like I have no germs. Like, it's fine. Nope. I've eaten all of them. No one could touch my food. Oh, anyone can touch my... Even now, like, COVID has happened, and I'm just like, feel free. I, I actually got called out on this recently. Oh, um, um, I was I was eating outdoors with people, and, like, there was a communal fruit bowl, and we were all just, like, you know, taking with a fork and a spoon and, like, putting it into our own individual yeah. bowls, and then the meal was over, and I was clearing the table and I just like took a strawberry and put it in my mouth and was mm-hmm. like, you just took a strawberry out of a communal fruit bowl, um, which I did do. So there's no, I mean, no excuse. I did do it, but I'm very comfortable with my own choices. In COVID times, it is kind of weird and different. Yeah. The meal was over. Yeah, I realized <laughs> when I was in the 10th grade, I think. 
um, I was in a dance group and I used to bring like my own like cut up vegetables for a snack in between you know when we had like a break and the second someone put their hand in to take like a cut vegetable I would just hand them the whole box oh and say God. I'm done I couldn't I could not deal with it in my previous job before <laughs> I moved here um, my colleague and I had an ongoing dispute because she was she was a germaphobe like before COVID yeah and certain things like I understand she may have been right about, but her big crusade was um, that birthday candles were disgusting and that like someone blowing on the like cake or whatever was gross. And that never disgusted me. I Until COVID. Well, again, COVID changed everything. But in a pre-COVID world, I went on this like vendetta against her. Um, not like meanly, like we both had good humor about it. But when she retired... I got like we had a cupcake thing happening and everyone in our department I don't know how I orchestrated this and like wasn't called into like human resources for workplace bullying I got one of those candles that like relights itself after you, you blow it out horrible so oh my gosh probably hates you until this day <laughs> so we took a cupcake and every single person like gave her like a lechaim a toast and a goodbye and blew <laughs> same candle on the cupcake and we did not make her eat it we just like handed it to her and then there were like a dozen other cupcakes that she was welcome to eat but i thought it was hilarious you're looking at me like i'm the meanest person that's really mean <laughs> samantha nara if you have found your way to this podcast somehow I'm i am sorry, sorry. <laughs> are you kidding i'm sorry i cupcake bullied <laughs> That is That's probably the meanest thing I've ever done, though. So, like, in the scheme of things that could have happened. I, I, didn't, I never knew you could be mean. That was the meanest I've ever been. Probably. Um, okay, I'm going to bring us back to our... Um, our actual topic. Subject. Yeah, Fine. so I want to hear, since you... Um, you, pro- you For sure you have a lot of insights on this. Um, what are your uh, thoughts and why we read the story of Ruth on Shavuot? So... The story of Ruth, the book of Ruth, for those who are uninitiated um, listeners, um, is a story and a book found in Tanakh in the Torah um, of what was called the prophet named Ruth. And it's a story of a woman from Moab, a Moabite woman who marries an Israelite man. And this is like very much the 30 second recap. There's a lot of layers, but he dies, his father dies, his brother dies, and none of them have any children and her mother-in-law decides that she's going to go back home to what is now the land of Israel and Ruth um, and her other sister-in-law the mother-in-law Naomi says go find husbands like live your lives and Ruth says no she's going to go with her so the two of them go together and um, Ruth works in the fields to basically like get food for their family again very quick um, recap she winds up marrying Boaz who's the owner of the field that she was working in who happens to be a cousin of her deceased husband and they have babies and it's beautiful and she is said to have been the um, ancestor of King David and Ruth is known in Jewish tradition as the first convert because she's this Moabite woman who married an Israelite man and decides, she says these famous words to her mother-in-law, your people will be my people, your God will be my God. Um, And she decides to take on Jewishness. Yeah. Um, She becomes this first convert. And I think that 
when we read that particular story on the holiday when we get the Torah, it's like there's so many like layers to it. But I think part of it is she claimed the Torah as her own, um, that she took on these customs, these traditions, these laws um, when she didn't have to. She could have very easily stayed in her own mother's house and in like her own country. And instead she decides to basically be a foreigner. But instead of being a foreigner, she becomes part of the people. And we've now had this like arc um, in the holiday cycle where the Israelites went from slavery to freedom. We had Passover, the Exodus, they've been wandering. And now we get this thing that binds us as a people, the laws and the um, stories and this whole history of the Ten Commandments, the Torah. And Ruth chooses to be part of that. And I think it's like really admirable when someone opts in. Um, and one thing that I think is important, you know, now a lot of times we'll call converts um, Jews by choice. Um, but I think right now, especially in like a non-Orthodox form of Judaism, anyone who is Jewing, however you Jew, is doing it by choice. You know, we're all opting in, we're all taking on whichever traditions and customs and legacy um, provide meaning for us. And in some ways we all really get to be a Ruth. And one of the things that I think is amazing- It's beautiful. Thanks. But one of the things I think is really amazing in Judaism and Jewish tradition is there's this thing that you're not supposed to draw attention to people who convert. You're never supposed to remind someone that they converted because they don't want to be seen as less than or that they're not as much of a real Jew. But there's this story um, from Shavuot, from when we got the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai, that says every Jew who has ever been, who will ever be, was somehow standing at Sinai. And that it wasn't just the Israelite people who were physically there, but somehow all the Jewish souls that would ever be were standing there. And that includes the souls of everyone who converts. So that somehow it was known that whether or not you were born to Jewish parents, whether or not, you know, it's something you came to later in life for whatever reason, a piece of you was at this revelatory moment at Mount Sinai, at this receiving of the Torah. So I don't like necessarily know how all this works in my head, but I love this idea that everyone who's gonna opt into the Jewish people at whatever point, we were all at this moment for Shavuot on this equal playing field that we like, we were all there. We all got whatever we were supposed to and we were part of this uh, covenant moment at the same time. So I think like having it be this moment where a story of someone who chose their Judaism is highlighted, that to me is really beautiful. Wow, that is very beautiful. I love it. I love the way you told it. I love everything you just said. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was just like so into like listening to you that I kind of forgot I need to talk to. Um, no, you could talk. No, I kind of forgot I also need to talk. Oh. I was like, oh, this is a podcast. Wait, I'm not just listening. Right, just nodding. But you see, this is why they put you between three to four to do that because. <laughs> yes, I'm much less engaging at three to four a.m. on Zoom though, so I think I'll be opting out um this year but what does that i mean does that bring up anything for you especially in terms of like you're someone who's in an interfaith relationship um this whole idea of all of us no matter how we're kind of coming to it i know dan's not converting so but being like jew adjacent so what it actually brings to me is actually is, has nothing to do with dan um awesome. no i mean as much as yes i am and like he's not jewish um but he's also not going to convert and i'm also not asking him to mm -hmm. 
he does respect yeah. the holidays, but he doesn't do it because it's important to him because Dan is not religious in any way, like mm-hmm. not his own religion. He just doesn't. Yeah. But he's he is respectful. What it actually brings is moving I feel I I said this I think uh in the past but like moving to the states I, you kind of need to like choose to be Jewish like mm-hmm. every day every week you choose to be Jewish because it's not all around you and I feel it all the time it's I always feel that I need to connect myself into Judaism I like f- having Friday night dinner you know with the family doing kiddush um lighting the candles um it's just like every every shabbat i'm i do the i have that break in my day where we have dinner together the whole family and every week again and like i had to explain that to dan Mm -hmm. because he was like every week and i was like yes (laughs) just keeps going I mean, and and I don't make him come every week if he doesn't want to. Now that he's his schedule changed, he doesn't work on Friday, so he is home. Um, but he comes with me. I mean, unless unless he's over at his parents' house, but he usually is with me um, for these for these dinners. But it's not only that; it's not only Shabbat dinner. That's just like the that's just I think like the biggest example I have. But it's also the holidays, and also every time. I don't know, I have an encounter with someone and we talk and I explain that I'm Jewish or that I need to explain that I have a holiday or if I need, I don't know, it's kind of different. You kind of choose more to mm-hmm. be Jewish when you live outside of Israel, where in Israel, everyone just assumes you're Jewish. Right. No, I think that's really interesting. And especially I think having like, I've noticed, especially since moving to Ohio, I have a very visibly Jewish home, whether it's from like the mezuzah on the door or the like art and the Judaica, like just whatever I have. And I've had a few times where I've had like work people or like just different people in my home and you see them looking around and being like, so you're Jewish (laughs) and all really like welcoming. And like they, they all have like some kind of anecdote to be like, you know, my cousin married someone Jewish. I'm like, that's great. Um, So do all of mine. (laughs) Um, So I I think being visibly Jewish, though, you're right. It's really a choice here. And um, lately I've been having a lot of conversations, especially with the students who I work with, about like what, what do they choose when it comes to being visibly Jewish? Because especially if you're not Orthodox and you don't um, feel that you have this responsibility, whether it's to wear a kippah or to have... um, pay us to have the side curls or like whatever it might be anything you're doing Jewishly is really a choice and the students who I work with have really thoughtful answers of I choose to wear a Magin David a Jewish star necklace yeah or do I choose to wear a kippah or where do I choose where do I not choose do I choose to wear an IDF t-shirt does that count as something Jewish or is that just like a t-shirt that I choose to wear and it's all these really thoughtful conversations that we're able to have about Basically, like, what do you take on and what does it mean for you? And is it for you? Is it to show others that, like, I'm part of the tribe? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember this was, like, the most ridiculous. I mean, not even close to the most ridiculous thing that I've done. But, like, <laughs> like not even, like, top thousand. But, like, I have a real memory of being in an airport um, on a layover in Moscow. Don't ask why. It was the <laughs> cheapest flight. Um, That's probably why. That was why. And... <laughs> 
I was at a layover in Moscow and I was dressed like I usually dress for a plane. So yeah. in pajamas. Pajama, yeah. Um, like in the schlubbiest of attire. Yeah, we've talked about this. And, <laughs> and I saw um, like a few, uh, they were Chabad rabbis. Like yeah. they were very visibly Jewish. And I felt this like real urge. Like I want them to know we're part of the same family. Mm. Um, and I don't know why. Like I'm sure if I had you know, gone over and said, like, hey, fellow Jew. Um, first of all, that would have been weird. Um, or they would have just been like, oh, okay, great. Um, but first, I was so excited that they were there because I was like, you know, on some level, okay, I know, like, I, there's nothing that says a Jew is better or worse than any other person. But I'm like, I guess if I have to pee, I could leave my stuff near them and be like, fellow Jew. Um, but also, I wanted the acknowledgement. I wanted them to know, like, we're in the same family. So because this is how I travel, I was like, I was doing my own Jewish learning at the time. So like, I had like a Tanakh with me. So oh my I'm like, God. yeah, just as one does. Wow. And like, I mean, granted, I was actively reading like a romance novel, but I was like, let me just put it out there. So like, they see that we're in the same group. And I, it was ridiculous. This is a stupid story. But I think there's something to be said about Jewish peoplehood and the excitement of wherever you are in the world. Like when I'm traveling, when Noam and I were in Charleston, South Carolina, and we saw like the Jewish restaurant. It wasn't even kosher, but like it had like this giant Hanukkah in the window, which is like... I'm so excited. Our people are here. We're going to stop and say hi. Yeah, it happened to me in Thailand. Like, yes. I saw a, a restaurant that was actually had Hebrew writing outside. And I was like, oh, wait, we're eating there. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't even care what it is, but like, we're in. It was disgusting. And yeah, of course it was. <laughs> like, obviously it was. But I think the, uh, I've heard it referred to as bageling, where you see another Jew and you want them to know that you're part of. So, like, and these are all things that I've done. Like, I have no shame. I've just, I just did a, this Saturday. I'll tell you my story in a second. Like, I've definitely, like, been on the phone and, like, be on the phone with my dad. And instead of, you know, just saying, oh, yeah, yeah, be like, Abba, Ken, like, wanting to, like, use Hebrew or just, like, make sure someone else knows. What was your... I walked out of this Saturday mm -hmm. and there were a bunch of Orthodox uh, um, neighbors of mine, I guess. And so they, they were walking home and then there was this like family that was walking towards me and Toto was in the way. And so I stepped aside and the dad looked at me and smiled and the kids were passing with their bicycles and whatever. And so I smiled back and I said in a very, like very Israeli accent, Shabbat Shalom. Yes. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm definitely not orthodox i have my earbud in my phone is in my hand i don't keep the sabbath but you know i'm israeli i'm definitely jewish and it's saturday and that's what we do so i don't want him to know exactly so i looked at him and he said hello and i said shabbat shalom and he said shabbat shalom and he was like so like i think confused because it was a very israeli accent but i was like I'm a proud Israeli. I'm a proud Jew. I want you to know that I'm Jewish. Yeah. So I think all of that really goes to show, like Shavuot, it gives us the Torah, but it also gives us this sense of Jewish peoplehood, that there's something we all have in common, whether or not we take it on, whatever our relationship is with it, that this is the moment that we became a nation and became a people yeah. because of this shared Torah. experience. I like that because we did get the Torah, like everyone got the Torah. Right. So whatever we do with it. So, so however you Jew, you Jew. Exactly. So on that note, um, 
Happy Shavuot. Happy Chag Shavuot. Chag Sameach. Um, and Chag Sameach to all who are observing or celebrating, whatever that means for you. With me, I'm hoping it's going to be a water balloon fight. Um, if, it's, if it gets hot enough, which, gets it, hot enough. which I don't want to. Otherwise, we'll do a belated, point. there'll be a water balloon fight at some point. <laughs> um, so reminders to all of our listeners. First, um, if you want to watch along, please uh, watch the first episode of School Game. Otherwise, there will be spoilers. Yes, there will be spoilers, but we will take you along for the ride. Like, you will feel like you watched it, whether or not you did. <laughs> um, please follow us on Instagram at HowDoYouJewPod. You can check out our website, HowDoYouJewPod.com. Email us, HowDoYouJewPod at gmail.com. Please, 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 wherever you are listening, subscribe, rate, review, say nice things about us. Um, we love nice things about yes, us. we only love nice things. And okay. That's it. So until next time, happy doing. <laughs> <laughs>